The scripture reading is from Ruth 1, verses 15 through 18. Let us listen for the word of God. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well. Even if death parts me from you. When Naomi, when Naomi saw this, she was determined to go with her. She said no more to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For our special music today, we've got uh, a song uh, from our Celebrate show that is uh, showing this afternoon. 
A long time ago, when the earth was green, there were more kinds of animals that you ever seen. They run around free while the earth was being born, and the loveliest of them all was a unicorn. There were green alligators and long neckies, humpback camels and chimpanzees, cats and rats and elephants, which was your born. Well, God seen some sinning, and it caused him pain. He said, "Stand back! I'm gonna make it rain." He said, "Hey, brother Noah, I'll tell you what to do. Build me a floating zoo and take some of those green alligators and long neckies, humpback camels and chimpanzees." Cats and rats and elephants, the shores you're born. Don't you forget my unicorn. Now he was there, and he answered the calling. He finished the ark as the rain started falling. He marched in the animals two by two, and he said as they went through, "Hey, Lord." There were green alligators and long neckies, humpback camels and chimpanzees, cats and rats and elephants were sure to fall. I just don't see no unicorn. And Noah looked out through the driving rain. The unicorns were hiding, playing silly games. They were kicking and splashing while the rain was pouring. Oh, the silly unicorn! So the goats started goading, and the snakes started snaking. The elephants started elephanting, and the boat started shaking. The mice started squeaking, and the lions started roaring. Everyone's aboard, but the unicorn. There were green alligators and long neckies, humpback camels and chimpanzees. Close the door, 'cause the rain is a pouring. Just can't wait for the unicorn. The ark started moving, and it drifted with the tide. The unicorns looked up from the rocks, and they cried. The water came down and sort of flooded them away, and that's why you'll never see a unicorn to this day. But you'll see green alligators and long neckies. Humpback camels and chimpanzees, cats and rats and elephants. Make sure as you're born, you'll never see a unicorn. Our gospel reading for today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Let us listen to the word of God. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always." To the end of the age, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
All right, for our sermon today, we've got a little audiovisual uh, to offer. Uh, we've, uh, I've kind of gotten stuck or, or gotten accustomed to using uh, slides for uh, sermons and whatnot. Um, we have screens in our church, and that's one of the things that happened with a global pandemic with COVID. Uh, it's hard to make Lutherans change, uh, so it took a global pandemic for us to put screens in the sanctuary and uh, enact some change. So just a moment while we get things set up here. Technology warming up. There, it's coming. All right, well, I just want to start by sharing what a joy it is to be with you here today. Um, I came and, and preached a few years ago during a stewardship appeal that you had and so enjoyed the opportunity to be with you, and it is really a joy to be back with you here today. Uh, worshiping with you today highlights uh, some key points. Um, for one, um, in an increasingly divided and polarized world, it's, it's important to see what we have in common. We do have some differences. Um, you're used to seeing uh, someone dressed in black up here, and I'm wearing white today. Um, I don't have a Scottish accent, um, so you're going to have to deal with uh, the boring Midwestern uh, dialect that I'm accustomed to. But more importantly, um, although we might claim ourselves as Presbyterian or Lutheran, I think it's important to remember that really what's, what we have in common is that we are all children of God. You may not be aware of this, but the ELCA Lutherans and the PCUSA Presbyterians have been full communion partners since 1997. Uh, in 1997, we signed an agreement, a formula for agreement, putting us in full communion with one another. This next slide shows a bit of what that looked like when they were signing. And one more click there. We'll see some partnership between uh, the two of them shaking hands uh, on the next slide. There they are. I don't know if Luther and Calvin were really there at that signing in 1997, but symbolically it shows this partnership that we have together. Well, among, among other things, this partnership means that we accept each other as rightly preaching the gospel. We welcome one another in our sharing of the Lord's Supper together. We recognize each other's ordained ministers and ministries, and we commit ourselves to working together as one uh, through evangelism and service uh, and witness. And it also means that even though there's a Lutheran in your pulpit, you still officially are attending a Presbyterian service. You get to check this one off today. And it's good to remember this also because it really aligns with a scripture verse that you've used in your sabbatical time from Psalm 133, verse 1. Look at how good and pleasing it is when families live together as one. Our two denominational families are committed to being one in the body of Christ. So we, to go, to, we go together as Lutherans and Presbyterians, but just as you are still the church engaged in ministry, with a Lutheran in your pulpit, you're also still the church engaged in ministry when your pastor is on the other side of the world, so far away. You've been without Pastor Jonathan for, what is it, about nine weeks now, I think? Uh, about five weeks to go. You may be thinking, 
oh, it's so nice of Pastor Adam to take a Sunday to come and be here with us today and, and lead us in worship. But really, I'm here on a bit of reconnaissance. Um, I applied for the same Lilly Clergy Renewal Grant that you all received last year, and I'm hoping to take my sabbatical next year, so I want to see how this works and how a congregation survives. Pastor Jonathan also, when he invited me to come, he said, well, maybe we can swap, and then next year I'll go and preach at your service. So hopefully some Sunday next year when he's not here, he'll be uh, at faith just down the road. So it's a good thing to be here with you today. Now, a sabbatical is a precious time. It's a time for a pastor to engage in reflection and renewal, reflection and renewal that are vital to maintaining a vibrant call to ministry, and reflection and renewal that, quite honestly, is impossible to do with the daily demands and challenges and joys of ministry. But it's not only good for a pastor. This sabbatical is good for congregations as well. It's good for you. It's a time for you to engage in rest and reflection and renewal, Renewal that means about what it means to be the body of Christ and to remember the ministry that you share and that you all are part of this ministry as well. It's not just about, about that Pastor Jonathan guy. You've been reflecting on your Scottish heritage a little bit and Presbyterian heritage with Jay Jameson and Reverend Dr. John Huxtable. You've been reflecting on family, what it means to be family when you brought in Bill McKenzie about family dynamics and systems. And you've brought family heritage together as well with Reverend Noonan and his family as you've welcomed them to your homes and taken him with you on your vacations and trips and various things. So yes, this is a precious time for the Warrens to have the sabbatical and time away, but it's also a precious time for you, for rest and renewal as you strengthen your identity and are energized for ministry. Karen and I, on our wedding rings, we have words engraved on them. I've got a picture here of my wedding ring. No, it doesn't say one ring to rule them all. Uh, that would be the ring from Lord of the Rings, uh, Tolkien's uh, series. This is Hebrew on my ring, and it's Hebrew that is paraphrased from the book of Ruth, what we read today. We read, where you go, I will go also. Now, I'm not sure how well you know the story of Ruth. Well, actually, I think you know it pretty well, because I think you heard it last Sunday as well. <laughs> this last week, I was looking at uh, some of the, the services and kind of familiarizing myself with Reverend Noonan and what's been going on here, and, and there was the story of Ruth last Sunday, after I'd already selected that for this Sunday. So um, the Holy Spirit is at work. Uh, it's an opportunity to hear it again from a different perspective. So to refresh your memory, you know that Ruth was married to one of Naomi's sons, uh, when he dies, Ruth is left without any of his brothers to marry, and Naomi is also widowed and has no sons. So the two of them uh, have no one to care for them. In Old Testament times, it was always having a son or a husband to provide for and protect you. So Naomi urged Ruth to go and to find someone to marry, to find someone of her own to provide for her. But Ruth was filled with a fervent devotion, a devotion to her mother-in-law, and a devotion that you heard about last week, that, that hesed, that loving kindness that Reverend Noonan talked about, the Ruth that he talked about, that devotion to one another. So Ruth refused to leave Naomi, and she said the words that are inscribed on our wedding rings, where you go, I will go also. Now I know these words aren't, aren't spoken to a spouse, but they are words of devotion and dedication from one to another. 
And Karen and I are devoted to and dedicated to one another 100% in the good times and the challenging times as well. Where one goes, the other will go. It's kind of a geographic thing. I mean, she came here today with the kids to, to join us for worship. But also when we got married and went off to Chicago for seminary, she came with me. And then we went to middle of nowhere, Iowa, for our internship, Dayton, Iowa, town of 600. And then uh, to Carthage and now here to Jacksonville 11 years ago. So it's a geographic commitment to be together. But it's more than that as well. It's a relational commitment through life's experiences. We go together for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health. Now, the relationship between a pastor and a congregation is not the same as a marriage relationship, but it's another deep devotion, a deep connection that a pastor and congregation make through their time together, their, their call together, and their service together. A pastor commits to a congregation, walking with them, walking on those mountaintops, the joys, but also walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's exhilarating time together, and it's exhausting time together. And we can't do it alone. Uh, as pastors, we lean on God daily for strength and courage and guidance. And we lean on you as well, our congregations that we are called to serve and called to serve with. And you commit to walking with your pastor and their family, supporting them, encouraging them, praying for them. And I applaud you uh, from all that I see. You all do this very well with the Warrens. And I know that Pastor Jonathan and I are both very blessed and very privileged to serve wonderful congregations and wonderful people like you. But I encourage you to remember something else. As you and Pastor Jonathan continue to go together, know that your participation in ministry is vital. Let me tell you about my brother, Eric. So I'm the youngest of four kids. My three siblings are 11, 13, and 15 years older than me. So I came along much later in life. My mom says she saved the best for last. And I affirm what she said. I'll take her word for it. So Andy is my closest sibling. He was the youngest at 11 years older. And uh, he wasn't too happy about having another younger one around. So he's made a living his whole life of picking on me. Uh, my sister Chrissy is 15 years older than me. She was like another mom to me, but she got, went to college and married and moved away while I was still young, so didn't spend a whole lot of time with her around the house. Eric is 13 years older than me, and we seem to have the most in common. We have a lot of the same interests. Uh, we, we look alike. Sometimes our kids get uh, confused of who's who. Sometimes our spouses get confused of who's who as well. That gets kind of awkward, but uh, <laughs> we'll save those stories for another time. <laughs> But we share a lot in common about our faith as well. Eric's not a pastor. He's an ER doctor up in Wisconsin. But he's very committed to prayer, praying fervently and privately to God for him to do his best job as a doctor and also praying for his patients. But he also prays openly for his patients, offering to pray for them and with them in his clinic. Over the years, he's kept lots of papers, lots of resources that, that validate the importance of prayer and healing, and he kind of keeps those on file just in case someone approaches him about malpractice uh, so he can show his side of things. Uh, but it's a very important ministry that he does, uh, caring not just for his patients, uh, their health, but their spiritual well-being as well. And I've told Eric how wonderful this ministry is. 
and that I think he may actually have a bigger impact in ministry than I do as a pastor. So let me explain. Think of it this way. This movie here, Armageddon, anyone see this movie uh, from 1998? Yeah, it's been a few years, 25 years ago or so. Uh, So Armageddon, this movie, it's about this enormous asteroid that's hurtling towards the Earth. It's it's big. It's the size of Texas. Um, It's a global killer. So if it hits the Earth, all life ends. So a plan was devised to go ahead and destroy this asteroid with a nuclear warhead. But NASA figured out that if they just detonated a warhead on the surface, it would do nothing. It would have no impact. So what they had to do was actually land on the asteroid Uh, drill down deep into it and implant the warhead deep down within the asteroid. And there, when the the bomb explodes, then it would destroy the asteroid and and save humanity. In the midst of all this, there are two teams that go, all sorts of things go wrong. There's a little bit of a love story with it. I'll let you watch the rest of the movie if you want to see what happens. But what's important here is to recognize that sometimes things on the surface don't have as big of an impact as things do deep down within. So there are many moments, moments in a pastor's life where a congregation or someone lets us in, into those deep, into those intimate moments in their lives where we can provide love and care and ministry and proclaim the good news of the gospel. But I think for many instances too, pastors are kind of kept on the surface. Uh, People see a pastor as, oh, they're supposed to pray for me or they're supposed to talk about Jesus. And so they expect it from their pastor. But my brother, Eric, when he's with a patient and they're in a difficult spot, they're struggling with their health or some difficult news and he offers to pray with them, he's deep down in their lives, offer to give them deep and powerful comfort and support through their faith. When he prays for his patients, he's walking with them in this vulnerable time of crisis and pain, offering the love and the grace of God. So you, good people of First Pres you have a similar impact. You are embedded deep within the lives of your family and friends in places where Pastor Jonathan and I will probably never go. You are equipped with the gospel and you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to pray and share God's life-giving grace. You are partners in ministry that does not fall solely on the shoulders of your pastor, but a ministry that God has given to you entrusted to you, and has commissioned you to do. That brings us to our gospel lesson today. In Matthew, Jesus gives the great commission. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Some think this is why we have pastors. They're the ones that are expected to drop everything and go to drop their lives and go, to drop their families and go, to drop their identities as normal human beings and go. And that's why they need sabbaticals, (laughs) to reconnect with their their families, their identities, and and to, to recognize that they are children of God above all else. But there's another way to read this verse. Not drop everything and go, but as you are going. As you are going, do these things. So good people of First Pres, this commission is for us all, and it's for you as well. You don't have to drop everything, but as you are going, make disciples. As you are going, 
pray for others. As you are going, love like Jesus. As you are going, show grace and forgiveness. As you are going, invite others into a relationship with God. As you are going, serve and care for those in need. Be that loving kindness. Be the Ruth that Reverend Noonan talked about last week. As you are going, be the power of God, deeply embedded in the world, through your family, through your friends, your vocation, and your church. And remember that you are never alone. Jesus promises to be with you always. You go together. Pastor and congregation, even with Pastor Jonathan on the opposite side of the earth, you go together. Lutherans and Presbyterians, even though we have some different backgrounds, different ways of doing things, even if we are different denominations, we go together. All children of God, the body of Christ, we go together. We go together and are commissioned by God to be the church. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night, and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you, either by email, mail, or phone. God bless, and may you have a peaceful and safe year.